Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Alexander Audio. And today my guest is Amy Ward Brimmer, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Newtown and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She's been a teacher for over 17 years. And we're going to talk today about negative directions, or sometimes they're called inhibitory directions. Um, we're just going to discuss that topic. And typically on these interviews, uh, my guest does most of the talking, but it, I think just as negative directions are kind of a flip on regular directions, we're going to flip the process a little, and Amy is going to be asking me questions and interjecting from time to time. So, Amy, welcome to the program. Hi, Robert. I have the easy job this You've time. got the easy <laughs> job, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. Well, uh, in our podcast uh, discussions earlier, we got to talking off uh, off the record about negative directions, and I kind of wanted to know more. So that'll be my first question. What what do you mean by negative direction? Well, let, let, uh, let me give you um, a specific example of uh, taking a very classic Alexander direction that most people will be, most people are familiar with the fact that Alexander technique teachers are fascinated with the head neck torso relationship for very good reason. And so one, I can think of three basic versions of the typical direction in that regard. One might be free your neck or have a student say, I am freeing my neck. Um, now, that assumes that they know how to free their neck. And I think that it is far less effective than the second one, which I think is much more common, which is saying to yourself, I'm letting my neck be free. And when mm -hmm. Alexander teachers use that, they'll often say, and I certainly did this myself for many, many years, the most important word in that phrase is let. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want you to do anything. We want you to let something happen. And that's a huge improvement over the first one. Yeah. <laughs> huge improvement. But, um, and this is sort of after the fact that I thought this out, it still assumes something that may not be true, which is that you know how to let your neck be free. And um, I believe the third version of that and I'll give you one example of it, and we'll talk a little bit about changing the phraseology. But the one that I found works the best in, in terms of the format is, I am not tensing my neck. So um, the word, the tensing could be, you could use different words. I'm not squeezing my neck. I'm not holding my neck. I'm not tightening my neck. I'm not fixing my neck. Mm -hmm. uh, you could go on and on. And I encourage students to figure out the best word for them. Right. Which, which is their word, right? Their word. But I'm pretty picky about the first three words, which is I, which are I am not. And the last part of it, my neck, or if it's applied to something else, 
my shoulders or my arms if we go into other variations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like about that, first of all, is that it, in my experience, it works a lot better. And you, I, I recommend anyone listening to this to experiment on their own with the three variations. And when, when I did that, I discovered that when I was, quote, uh, letting my neck be free, I was actually creating a little subtle tension in my neck and throat area on the let. And whereas mm-hmm. when I say I am not tensing my neck, I found that disappeared. That's just so beautiful. And I, you know, what you're saying is there was just a little bit of doing in the let right. my neck be free. And in the and I am not stiffening mm-hmm. is a non-doing direction. Exactly. That's and and really I, cool. I, I think I should pause here and say that this idea of using negative directions is not original with me. Uh, it comes from Missy Vineyard's book, which was published about four or five years ago, I guess, called How You Stand, How You Move, How You Live. I think that's the title. Yes, How You Stand, How You Move, How You Live. Uh, how You Live, and then it has a infinitely long subtitle. It is actually, <laughs> however, I think the best book out there on the Alexander Technique. I would so, have to agree with you on yeah, that. It is the book she, I would have written. Yes, I, that's exactly my reaction it, so. to it. So um, she she's the one from whom I got this idea. And what I have found over the last few years, I keep bumping into teachers who spontaneously in the course of a conversation will say, oh, you know, I'm using negative directions now and they work so much better. And I say, well, me too. Um, they they really are much more effective um, and easier to use. I find that students, um, once you get past any tendencies to con- of the, on their part to concentrate on getting it right or any of that stuff, which is true of any any of those three directions, once you get past that, these are really the easiest to deploy. Uh, they're the easiest to modify in all kinds of interesting ways. Um, they have there are many, many directions in which you can take um, negative directions, um, which I'd like to talk about a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, I'd like to address a, a question that comes up pretty early on, which is in negative self instructions have do have a bad press. And the classic example, is um, telling someone uh, not to think about pink elephants. (laughs) And, of course, we know that if you tell someone not to think about pink elephants, they're going to definitely be thinking about pink elephants. Now, I think that in this Mm -hmm. case, where you say, I am not tensing my neck, I think a key part of that is the not is coming first, then the word tensing, and then my neck. And I think it's it's true that when you say, I'm not tensing my neck, there is a tiny little tendency uh, or a tiny little stimulus to do a tiny bit of neck tensing to access what that means. But I think the not overrides it. And uh, it's almost like you the, the tensing in that phrase it's an ability to access it in a very subtle way and then say no to it, which is really 
what this is all about. That's yes, just a theory of mine. I can't prove that. But that's that's my sense, that the very reason why negative instructions like don't think about pink elephants are so useless for those kind of things makes them perfect for this. I think that uh, that that's a great example of what you started out saying, that um, there's... It addresses that issue of I don't know what it is to allow my neck to be free or to free my neck. Like, I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. But I do know what tensing feels like because I do it all day long. So to say, uh, and I'm not tensing my neck as I go from sitting to standing or whatever the activity is. I I think there's two things. But the main thing is um, that you can feel maybe there is a little bit of momentary excess tensing so that the student can feel it and then let it go and not be doing it. So I agree that that that's, I mean, I told you earlier, I've been playing around with this in lessons all week and that's been my experience. Yeah. There's a little bit of almost strengthening of the habit at first, but then right out of it, it's, it's quite extraordinary to see. And, um, well, so and, I, and, yeah. and what I would say, uh, it's a little bit of a repeat, but I think a direction is going to be most effective, a self-direction is going to be most effective if it doesn't make any assumptions that may not be true. And as you say, um, letting my neck be free uh, kind of assumes that you know how to let it be free. And in my experience, on, on myself and with my students, most students don't really know how to do that. They, it's certainly, they can get an improvement over not thinking anything, but I don't think it's, it's optimal. And, I, and when you say, I'm not tensing my neck, and I tell this to my students, the only thing I'm assuming is that you know how to tense your neck. Uh-huh. And I've never met a student who didn't know how to tense their <laughs> neck. And, and, that, and that you know what the word no means. And you know what the word I means, those sorts of things. So um, that's the assumption I make. And um, those are are the only two assumptions I I choose to make in that regard. And I also think it's different than the other um, type of negative directions, like don't think of a pink elephant, in that it's something that you're applying in an activity. So you're right. actively sitting, you're actively standing or walking or whatever you are doing, but it's within the context of doing something so that mm-hmm. um, or performing an activity, hopefully not doing too much. <laughs> right. But, well, uh, well, in fact, so in fact, that. they can also be used when you're not doing an activity and a really good place to explore, explore some of these are when you're lying down, either doing uh, the Alexander lying down position or or even lying in bed. Um, and again, these come from Missy originally, but they they are amazingly powerful once you once you explore them a bit. One of them is I'm not breathing. That's a really interesting one. Now you have to be a little careful in introducing that to someone. I like to sort of prepare them by saying, whatever I ask you to do, to think, I don't want you to actually do anything or hold anything or stop anything. I want you just to have this very gentle, soft intent 
or soft conversation with yourself and say, I'm not breathing, I have no idea what that means. But typically, after a little bit of practice, what happens is that their breathing becomes a lot fuller and freer. And, that's extraordinary. Yeah, and then also uh, another one that's very nice, especially for lying on a table, reasonably firm surface, is I'm not lying on this table. And you'd be amazed at what can happen with that. Um, and the way, again, um, the, the way I think of what's going on is when you say to yourself, I'm not breathing, you're really saying it's a shortened version of this. I am not creating, I'm not breathing in my usual way and I'm letting go of any excess effort that I may have used in breathing. Something along those lines. <laughs> but of course that sentence is way too long to be useful. And I found that when you just get people to say, I'm not breathing, uh, it takes care of it. They, it, it your mind-body just translates that into, um, oh, okay, He's a, I'm ask, he, my mind is asking my body, if you like, um, not to breathe in the way I used to, to find a better way. And um, that's what happens. So it really does uh, work effectively to get you kind of out of your own way. Because I'm, I'm yeah. now I'm thinking, what's the difference between notice your breath and I'm not breathing? You know, I mean... Right. Right. Well, in fact, when you when you say I'm not breathing after you've done this a bit and, and typically what will happen right after after you become kind of good at it is your breathing will immediately shift. And then you run into a problem, which is you get interested in your breath and that takes you away from the original intent. The non-doing. <laughs> yeah. And and that for me is the biggest challenge to stay on message for a while. Uh I can't do it for more than uh 10-15 seconds without kind of regrouping because the stimulus to be interested in this this uh expanded breathing is is pretty strong. And of course, I mean, that's true of all Alexander directions, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, even if you're just saying, I'm letting my neck be free as I walk, and your walking gets better, your ankles free up or whatever, you can very quickly become so interested in that result that you will lose track of the direction itself. So that's that's a that's a, an issue with any Alexander direction. Mm -hmm, directing. That's true. Um, but I do want to say another thing about this, which is that just like all other Alexander directions, there, there's the question of not just what the direction is, but how it's self-delivered. And in my experience, that second issue is at least as important as the first. <laughs> that is, mm -hmm. you, you, you want to be able to say this to yourself, it's a kind of a self-talk, in a way that has no um, demands behind it, that's, that's very lightly delivered, um, very softly delivered. And I, I usually talk my students through an exercise or two in light thinking. So t uh, an example might be... Um, in my studio, I've got, amongst all the furniture that's here, 
a very boring brown wooden table. And I'll have a student, I'll just say, you know, well, what color is that table? And they'll immediately say brown. And I'll say, well, in order to answer that question, you needed to put a little bit of attention on that table that probably wasn't there before. And they'll agree. And then I'll say, now, could you uh, continue having that level of interest in the table? In other words, just a tiny bit as you get up, take a little walk around the room and then sit down again. So you may be looking at it part of the time. You may not be looking at it. But I'd like you to have just enough interest in the table that if I were to ask you a question about it, you'd either know the answer or you'd know exactly where to look to find the answer. So like what side of the table is the drawer on, I might ask. And the student might remember or they might not. It doesn't matter if they don't remember, they, they know where to look to get the answer. So it's that very light interest in something. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, that's a visual, and you can easily imagine auditory uh, examples. Uh, when you're out walking, you might say, hey, what is the highest pitch sound that's out there right now? I'm going to be a little bit more interested in that. Or choose a color and say, yeah, I'm going to just be interested in red for a few, yeah. a few seconds. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, there, the, the key there is that the, these, in, uh, I think with all Alexander directions, um, they need to be delivered incredibly lightly. And it's, it's my theory that the lighter the intent, the more powerful the direction. That would match my experience in many, many circumstances. And I think that the other pro the process that you've just described uh, in your teaching is um, a real revelation to most people because most of the time we don't think about the fact that we have control over how we think, <laughs> if that makes sense. That right, you can, right. you know, you're in control of what you're paying attention to. Right. And, and, I, think, and, and yeah. I should add, I mean, not only... Uh, are, I think should in any direct any self changing directions be very lightly delivered. Mm -hmm. They should as part of that, it should be totally expected that you're gonna forget them probably almost right away. And that's fine. And when you notice that you've forgotten them, you don't say, Oh, I failed miserably at this task. No, you say, Oh, I'm just gonna bring it back. Oh, there it is again. You know, bring there I'm bringing it back, yeah. and it could disappear again. And you just, whenever you notice, you bring it back. So it's not about trying to be perfect. It's it's having um, a, a sort of, just as Alexander directions aren't really about trying to be perfect. They're about process. But I think it's important to talk about the process of directing itself. And I think that process needs to be as soft and forgiving and non-demanding, non-stressful, et cetera, et cetera, as possible. That's what makes for powerful directing, in my experience. And so, and so it's been your experience that the negative directions have the lightest touch, so to speak. I think they're easier for people. I think uh -huh. they're much easier for people. Uh, once they... I mean, what will happen is, and I, when I teach this in groups, for example, I'll write, it, write them out, write out, I am not, and then leave a blank, my blank. And I'll say, you can just fill in the blanks, uh, tightening, squeezing, holding, my, neck, 
my shoulders, my legs, my arms. And uh, one that I really like is myself. Yeah, now, I was just going to say. Which just <laughs> takes care of everything. Um, the and basically, you know, you're saying some, you're issuing a, a very light instruction to yourself, and you are not in any way interested or in either what that means or how it's going to be carried out. Ne- neither of those is your job. Your job is just to intervene at a very uh, powerful level with an intent and not to worry about um, how your mind body is going to deal with this. That's its problem, not yours, in a sense. <laughs> or not yes. your, you know, I mean, I'm dividing things that shouldn't be divided here. But, but really, I emphasize don't worry. You know, when, I, when you say to yourself, I'm not tensing my neck, you don't have to know what that means. Your, your mind body will figure it out perfectly. Your job is just to deliver the message in an efficient way. Exactly. And yeah, I, yeah it's that, that's been my experience playing with the negative directions this week. And it's particularly um, apparent, like dramatic difference in, you know, people who are pushing themselves to understand this right away and do it right. Mm-hmm. in a lesson, whatever it is we're doing. And so um, when they switched to, from traditional directions to the negative ones, uh, I see a huge difference. So it is easier, and it does it does take you out of your own way in that sense of not needing to figure it out. And I also know. think um, that uh, if you start with a framework of I am not blank, my blank, uh, students get pretty good at filling in the blanks, them, the, those blanks themselves, and they'll come up with their own formulations. Uh, you know, uh, I think negative directions, apart from being, apart from the fact that they're easier to use, are also um, uh, uh, provide all kinds of opportunities for self-experimentation. I mean, regular directions do too, but I think these are a little easier to play with. And and what you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not breathing or I'm not uh, lying on the table. I think uh, mm-hmm. breathing is a good one to introduce lying down originally, just uh, mm-hmm. initially, just because. Um, the you're it's easier for you to notice just how effective it is when you're not doing a lot of other stuff but i also think um it's very useful to start saying no to just about everything you do so when you're walking when i go for a walk i'll start with saying i'm not walking and i'll shift back and forth <laughs> yeah, you know do really you want to test yeah. that you want to test this for yourself i mean I, uh-huh. you know you always want to be able to test it so I'll, I'll say, well, for the next 10 seconds, I'm not walking. For the following 10 seconds, I am walking. And I'll be very interested in those transitions. And almost always, my walking gets easier when I'm not walking. And at some point, again, this is what I tell my students, at some point, um, you won't need to test it all the time. You can just rely on the fact that that's useful, but you should always be able to test it. You don't want to take my word for it or someone's word for it. So that's how I, that's how I use Alexander's directions these days. Um, huh. Negative, 
some teachers, by the way, I've seen the phrase inhibitory direction used. And I think that what Missy Vineyard's great uh, breakthrough is, it's a simple one, but it's a very powerful one. I think she's combined inhibition Inhibition and direction into one thing. And, of course, inhibition, Alexander inhibition, has always been this weird thing for people who are outside the field to understand. First, they confuse it with Freudian inhibition. Another unfortunate choice of Very unfortunate. (laughs) Well, it wasn't Alexander's fault. You know, Freud took it over. But also, there are these endless, and I consider ultimately just boring debates on what is inhibition is it a movement is it you know and you can you can back up (laughs) any position you want by finding something that alexander wrote but what i think when you just say i'm not um if you say you're playing the violin i'm not playing the violin um it takes care of both directing and inhibition at the same time it's a twofer and given that we only have, according to a lot of neuroscience uh, studies, uh, seven plus or minus two memory slots going in our consciousness at any one time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are sucked up by just, you know, what we have to do. Uh, The barrage of info coming at us. Exactly. So we don't have a lot of spare ones. And we need to pick our interventions very carefully. I mean, Alec, the brilliance, the brilliant discovery of Alexander was that the neck was a really interesting, powerful place to intervene. It's certainly not the only place, but if you're going to just pick one, it's an excellent choice. I also think that the self is a pretty good place to intervene, too. Uh, I'm not tensing myself. Um, because it kind of sorts out a whole bunch of questions automatically, like where is that going to be directed most strongly, that sort of thing. Um, so anyway. That's actually, well, that's, that actually makes me think that's a great topic for another podcast, you know, how to direct the self and what do we mean by self anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so any any last, any well, I, I would just reiterate that for people who are listening to this, if you already are, I, I, I'm going to assume that most people listening are uh, either teachers or uh, students of the technique, so they're familiar with the idea of directing. And um, probably they've been using directions along the line um, I'm letting my neck be free so my head can go forward and up and my back can lengthen and widen or variations on mm-hmm. that. There are a great many variations on that. And I would just encourage them to shift over to negative and compare, maybe um, d- take an activity, I, I, walking for example, and just say, okay, for the for 10 seconds, I'm going to walk with the directions I've been using. And for 10 seconds, I'm going to walk um, thinking, shifting over to negative and then back and forth. And maybe you'll notice a little difference between them. I would just experiment with that and see, see, see what you notice. I do think it's really important. And the one thing that, that people, um, students, 
need you need to pay a lot of attention to is what are they actually saying to themselves because it's very easy for someone who's not familiar with this to take I'm not tensing my neck to uh, uh, into some variation that's not particularly helpful such as um, um, I want to feel my neck being free or something like that you know? <laughs> or just some weird variation and I, I'm usually pretty picky about the structure of the negative at least at the beginning so like you wouldn't want them to say I'm not stopping my neck from being free well there you get Maybe into a problem <laughs> of too many ideas coming in I mean I think yeah. the key to negative directing is it needs to be really really simple very simple. Yeah. And, um, you know. Uh, and as you said, those first three words are the most important. You know, I, I think. And, and, yeah. and, and the my, whatever. Because <laughs> it's, putting, it's putting the um, intent uh, right, right at the actor who's capable of, of doing it. I mean, it is you, you who are doing whatever you're doing to your neck. So it's you who needs to intervene. Mm-hmm. It can't really come from outside. It has to be you. Um, and there was one other thought that I I wanted to add to that. Um, I'm not tensing my neck. Um, what, how they deliver the direction. How they deliver the that that I think is is uh, is crucial. And there was something else, but it's just I'm having a senior moment here. <laughs> But anyway, but I would definitely explore it. And even if you uh, are listen, happen to be listening to this and uh, you know nothing of the Alexander Technique, I don't think you can go wrong by playing around with um, saying, uh, I'm not doing whatever activity you're doing. As long as you're clear that you're not trying to make anything happen, you're just very softly putting the idea out that um, it's, it's a very soft intent without any oomph behind it, as it were. It's just, I'm not walking. I'm not chopping carrots right now. A simple statement. Yeah. Oh, I knew, I now know what it was that I forgot. It, the other thing about negative directions is, as I say, they need to be simple. And um, there are some classic examples of negative directions that I think have been spectacularly unsuccessful. And I'm thinking of Nancy Reagan, just say no to drugs. <laughs> now that sounds kind of like a negative, uh, like a, the kind of negative things I've been talking about. But the problem there is you're, um, it's, it's not like taking drugs is like drinking water and you can just say no to it easily. It's a whole complex of things, and I don't think a, a negative, simple negative direction there is at all effective. I think it has to be something that you're capable of saying no to, and, a, and it needs to be really simple. And Yes, and I think that anyone in the addiction industry would know that that wouldn't work and that the right. the actual thing that does work is much closer to... A simple negative direction right or you yeah. might you might think oh i'm i'm not happy these days so i would just say i'm not uh i'm not being unhappy well 
I don't think that would work so well. But I do think you could say, I'm not tensing myself as, as you know, and yeah. that could definitely have an effect on your happiness level. Right. So it doesn't really work with states of being. But well, I don't want to make a categorical statement. I've had a couple of students who've taken it a bit in that direction and they feel they've done pretty well with it. But um, I, I'm a little weary of it myself, but by all means, try it. See whatever, if it works. It's an yeah, experiment. works. <laughs> well, thanks for oh. um, clarifying and expanding on something that I've only sort of dipped my toe into using. Now I'm very excited to uh, apply it more in my own life and in my teaching. And, you know, I'd say the same thing to Alexander teachers who, who are hearing this for the first time. Play with it with your students. Experiment um, the way you've done over the past week, and just see what happens. And you, and if you haven't read Missy Vineyard's book, I would definitely get that. Uh, how you stand? Yes. How, how, was it how you stand? How you move? How you move? Live? How you live? Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's an excellent book to have uh, for anyone to read. Um, so experiment, play with it, have fun with it. And don't take it seriously. Yes, be very Say light. no to seriousness. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on that note, thank you. Okay, so I, I guess I'll close this interview in the official way. Uh, <laughs> well, this is this is uh, I've been interviewed by Amy Ward Bremer, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Newtown in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I'm Robert Rickover, a teacher in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Toronto, Canada. Um, we'll put uh, we'll put links to both of our websites by the interview. If you're intrigued by this, uh, contact us. If you live in Philadelphia, Toronto, or anywhere near Lincoln, Nebraska, and if you live anywhere else in the world, um, and you uh, want to do some experimenting with this, but you would also maybe like to just check it out with an Alexander teacher, we'll put a link to uh, a site where you can locate a teacher anywhere in the world. So, thanks for this, Amy. This has been enjoyable. Thanks a lot, Robert.